You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another edition of the Payment Innovations Podcast. I'm your host today, James Teodorini, and I am incredibly excited to talk to today's guest about a topic that I think has been probably top of mind for every business, every employee, um, particularly over the last two years. Um, So welcome, Aurel Albrecht, uh, founder and CEO of Lano. So let's just dive straight in, or I'd love to hear a little bit more about you, about Lano, and, and sort of where you are today before we sort of dive into the nitty gritty. Sure. Thanks for, for having me. I mean, myself, German, as you might hear from my slight accent, lived most of my life abroad, so I spent some time in the UK as a child and later for my professional career, but started my career in, in the tech world or startup world in Berlin in 2009, early 2010 where I originally had something totally different planned. I studied Chinese with uh, Rocket Internet in their very, very early days, which for me was quite exciting because I got to see a lot of companies really uh, from conceptual stage up to IPO and, and, and helping those companies being shaped from a second or third row, so to say, really got me excited about the whole space and the dynamic in, in, in the tech and startup world in general. Did an MBA and continued with something I originally had planned to do, spent some time uh, in London, did tech investment banking at, at Morgan Stanley, where I got the chance to work with exciting companies like Spotify, Netflix, also was involved in the first IPO try of the company called HelloFresh, so rocket internet portfolio company, so a little bit back to the roots. But midterm wanted to do something more entrepreneurial again, and got introduced then through my network here in Berlin to a company which is doing B2B public cloud solution called ProfitBricks. That was in 2015, um, very experienced founders, 130 employees at that time. I helped them set up the latest funding round, so their Series B round in that case, and then joined them permanently as a CFO and led the company until we sold it two years later. And that's when my co-founder Marcus and I started looking a lot at the remote work market in general, because I mean, even pre-COVID, it was a fast-growing market and we looked a lot at it from a business perspective and quickly realized that there are no tools in place to manage this kind of workforce. And, and this is came very, this decision came very fast to, to grab this opportunity, start a business, incorporating the company in 2018, bootstrapping it for the first year, building the first product with a few pilot customers and then launching and starting this exciting journey. I mean, exciting, especially the last two, three years were, were I, mean, I mean, very, very extreme in many ways, exciting, but there we are. So I think that's, that's kind of an intro. Amazing. I mean, what a great grounding as well from Rocket Internet to Morgan Stanley back into the uh, startup world again. And as you say, the, the last couple of years are, have been incredibly interesting and exciting for, for the world of remote work. So I'd, I'd love if you could just give us a little bit more detail about Lano and, and kind of the value you bring um, for your customers. And we'll dive onto it in a second as well, because I think it's maybe slightly a marketplace that people or a market that people look at and aren't quite sure what the different players do and, and I suppose where their needs are. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you guys are providing value for your customers. Absolutely. So I think maybe before going, I mean, to the deep dive of, mm. of, the, of our value that we bring to the business, I think what, what maybe might sound a little bit contradictory to what we are selling is what we've been discovering. I mean, obviously, COVID has dramatically accelerated the whole Remote work, I think for me, it feels like we've been thrown into 2030 in terms of our mindset, yeah? mm. uh, in terms of acceptance of remote work in businesses. However, what we 
what we observe and what we see and what we forecast is that remote work will stay. Remote work will be especially work from home policies, etc. So offices, how they set up will change. We believe that 80% of a company's workforce will still be in the country where you have an entity or where the headquarters is located. However, and this is kind of the opportunity that we identified throughout the last six to nine months, especially is that remote work is an amazing space, but the much bigger opportunity is in the whole global payroll space itself. Mm. Yeah, companies being much more global first from the beginning onwards, existing or traditional multinational companies really having challenges how to bring their global workforce or their global payroll under yeah, it, it consolidated into one, one, one smart platform. And this is kind of what the value is that we, we now bring to the businesses. So our mission statement maybe to start here is bringing the world's payroll infrastructure in one API. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of our mission statement. And a nice comparison I always like to draw here for Lano is similar what Stripe did back in, in 2008 with payments. So they took a complex topic at that time, online payments in that case, build an infrastructure, and then added additional services on top of that. This is exactly what we are doing in regards to global talent or global payroll by giving businesses everything they need to build and manage a global team. Yeah? You can also say payroll for all work types. So let's say you want to hire an IT contractor or freelancer anywhere in the world, you can do that through our platform, thanks to our payment capabilities, cross-border payment capabilities in particular. You can easily pay him. You can hire full-time talent and manage payroll for people without an entity. Let's say you find have someone in a country where you don't have an entity or someone's relocating. We got you covered here in, in 150 plus countries. Or you want to consolidate payroll or need payroll in a specific country that you're expanding to. Um, we got kind of all the different use cases available through our platform. So this is kind of what we, what we offer. Amazing. And I think you, you touched on something there. And I think it's, you know, our audience for, for the podcast kind of is quite reflective of, of the world in general, but, but also of our, um, of our customer base in terms of we have pretty relatively well-established multinationals who've kind of got quite a fair idea about maybe what they're doing in terms of international workforce right through to, you know, people who are pre-launch who are maybe starting to look at a remote work policy or how they get talent from other countries or, or what they even, how do they even start? You know, are there, you know, you see that of course, real spectrum, but are there, I suppose, challenges that, that, you, that you see are maybe quite general to that kind of, I suppose, global hiring or global talent that you mentioned there, that people, that our audience should be thinking, these are the things I need to think about. Absolutely. And I think this is, I mean, one of the, the, the key elements that we, uh, that we see with, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's an early stage company that's exploring remote work options or is, is desperately in need of, of a specific talent, which they don't find next door, so to say, or it's, it's, it's a multinational company, a traditional one. In, in the end, it's, it's always the same challenge that you, that you have. What's the best way to hire talent internationally? Yeah? What's the best way to approach it? And I mean, in the end, as I said, so, so there are ways of starting or more the project base. The simplest way is, is, is having someone work for you as a contractor. Mm -hmm. So you sign an SOW, you sign an NDA, either it's project based, it's hourly, daily based. 
you receive an invoice, you approve the invoice, you pay. So very simple task. At some point, there can be some risk, yeah, in terms of compliance risk or false employment, which occur. Um, and this, so the second way, which is a little bit more long-term, a little bit more complex or expensive also, because a lot of uh, is involved is hiring someone through the so-called employee of record solution. Yeah? Mm -hmm. The employee of record solution means you want to, let's say, Currency Cloud, just let's take your company as an example, wants to hire an amazing talent in, in Portugal. You don't have an entity in Portugal, but you want to hire this person full-time. So how would Lano can help in that case? We have a local solution in Portugal, so you can hire some him directly in Portugal. You, you negotiate the salary, but he gets a Portuguese contract. He pays taxes, everything in Portugal. You, as Currency Cloud, receive one invoice at the end of the month, all included, pay him, good to go. Let's say Currency Cloud then realizes, hmm, there are actually now five to 10 and potential of even more employees uh, that we want to work with in Portugal. It makes sense to set up our own entity. Yeah. So how do we help here? Obviously, we, we do have local partners on the ground that can help you with setting up the entities. But most importantly, once you have everything up and running, you can have your employee or the employees that you hired through our employer of record solution, mm -hmm. hire them directly, but we take care of the, of the local payroll. Yeah? So we have an in-country partner taking care of payroll. And the beautiful thing is you have pretty much everything, as I said, streamlined and integrated into one platform. So this is kind of what we see as the expansion, as a service use case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So expanding, testing new markets and moving from one market to the other. And the other challenge that is now more for, let's say, those traditional businesses or established multinational businesses is we are already operating in 20, 30 mm. plus countries, but we have 20 plus different local solutions for, for managing our local payroll. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So everything is disconnected. CSV files, PDFs are shared around the company. I mean, GDPR is a topic, obviously. It <laughs> depends on who you yeah. ask. But for, I mean, just from a CFO perspective, it's a nightmare also in terms of reporting. Yeah? And how do, we, how do we help here? Again, bringing, highlighting our, our global API is you can connect all your local providers through our platform. Yeah? So you... And I think this is very important to mention why a lot of multinational companies struggle at the moment to consolidate global payroll is if they go with a traditional global payroll provider, they have to use that specific solution mm -hmm. in every country, get rid of their existing ones, which is a huge project on its own. With some of them, they might have built long-term relationships. And this is where we differ and say, you can continue to use them, you can do it in-house, you can outsource it. But in the end, you combine everything in, through our API and have all the relevant data in Lano connected with your HRS system, with your ERP system. So kind of pretty much connecting the dots from your global employee and payroll perspective. Awesome. So what I'm sort of hearing here is there's almost those stages, right? There's that sort of test stage of contractor or freelancer. There's that, okay, we think there's something here stage of employer of record maybe before launching that local entity. But... Yeah. You know, the value that you're adding to your customers is kind of 
abstracting a lot of that complexity away, whether it be, as you say, local payroll, local taxation guidelines or whatever that may be. And with your sort of CFO hat on here, what does that look like for, and, you know, be remiss on a payments innovation podcast and not talk about payments in, in some way, you know, what does that mean? And what are the challenges that I, I suppose you from a Lano point of view, but also your clients, you see them face from a, you know, we're talking about multi-currency here from, from a cross-border payments perspective. No, absolutely. I mean, maybe just one more, more comment on, on, on the employee of record versus contract. I mean, yes, it's, it's, it's for testing market, but it's also, I mean, in some countries, especially what you see in Eastern Europe, where the, Ukraine being a prominent example, is where the government is yeah, supporting dramatically tech entrepreneurs. So those people didn't even want to be full-time employed, so they want to work yeah. in this country. So you need to be, be flexible, huh? um, just as a quick side note. But to yeah, answer your cool. question with, with this, uh, from a CFO or a treasury uh, perspective, what are the two key topics that we touch upon with, with Lano? Yeah? Also, our position. So we see us at the intersection of HR tech and fintech. Yeah? HR mm-hmm. tech, taking care of those compliance topics that we've been talking about now in, in the first 15 minutes. But on the other side, the fintech angle. Yeah? And obviously here, um, cross-border payments is one of the, the key challenges that, that, that companies are facing. I mean, hiring this one or two contractors in the Ukraine paying them from the UK might work, also will work with, with, with more, but it gets quite complex and expensive very fast. Mm. Yeah? And I think this is the, the, the key add-on, yeah, we, we can say. So I think it's not necessarily to, to use the, 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 the payment capabilities that we offer to our customers, but once they scale, this is the real value that we bring. Yeah? So also giving them full control of, of, of managing their FXs themselves mm. yeah, through I mean, having FX capabilities. So let's say, okay, we have those employees in Ukraine, so we need to pay in Ukraine the revenues. We have some in the US, so US dollars, some euros. So kind of really managing, I mean, at some point also hedging and, 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 and doing some additional stuff here to really give them more and more control of, I mean, next to managing the team, but also paying the team, yeah. So really giving everything they need to make to, to streamline cross-border payments and make it as efficient, transparent, and effective as possible. So this is kind of what we, what we have on 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 the, on the payment side. Additionally, there will be, I mean, there, there are so many nice things that we can and want to build on top of that. Yeah, giving giving also options for the for the employees or contractors at some point to to make collection easier. Yeah, from mm. from, from 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 other clients. So yeah. Brilliant. And that's, you know, of course, Lano being a, a client of Currency Cloud, that's what we like to see as well. You know, it's a, of course, a, fast, yeah. a fast growing world in cross-border payments, particularly when this is just such a, a key need in this area. Yeah. And, no, exactly. Maybe so. Uh, yeah. So uh, please, yeah. On, on top of that. So I think for, for, for us, Currency Cloud was the perfect partner. Yeah? So, since, I mean, the first uh, interaction we had over a year ago. Yeah. So and I think for us, the challenge that we identified Reflecting on, on, on what I just uh, told you is compliance and payments. Compliance, and yeah. Payments, yeah? <laughs> compliance. We build our own solution. We build a network, but for payments, exactly. So, Currency Cloud was here, yeah, kind of one. I mean, the best go-to partner in order for us to to, to help our companies or our clients in that case uh, better streamline those cross-border payments. 
One of the things that, that I'd be really interested in is, is you talked about there kind of that 2030 view of, of you know, 80% of employees being being domestic, you know, within a, a home nation, I suppose, of an entity. But I wonder if you, well, what you're expecting to see or if there are any signs of what we might start to see over the next 18 months as the world is still opening back up a little bit. And I wonder if particularly you're seeing any conflict between what your clients want and what the employees want to do and how people are managing that. Absolutely. So, I mean, where, where, where we see the first signs of challenges, especially for, for the businesses, is talent acquisition. And, um, I mean, speaking to some companies or are hearing, yes, we are struggling to fill positions or receive yes, applications, and they were, didn't know why. And one of the main reasons that we've been, been, been seeing here is not implementing remote work options. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't it necessarily need to be remote from, from anywhere in the world, yeah, but at least some remote, remote work policies. And I think this is something which companies need to adapt fast. I mean, it's a learning process for everyone, yeah? I mean, there are some 100% remote companies. I mean, but to be honest with you, I don't believe that that is working for the, the vast majority, even for us. I mean, if, if I mean, taking our company as an, as an example, maybe here, so we define us as remote first. What do, how do we define remote first for us internally is you can work from any country. We do have some restrictions in terms of time zone until now, because I mean, we're still a smaller company or a younger company with 60 employees, but we do have people from anywhere. So let's say we find the best talent that is located in the UK. Boom, he doesn't have any disadvantages towards being in, yeah. in Germany or anywhere else. So, I mean, looking at our distribution now, so 60% of our employees are outside of, of Germany where our headquarter is. We have, I mean, for instance, three employees in, in, in London. We have some, one employee in Brazil. We have one employee in India, a lot in the Eastern Europe, Spain. So I think we are very well distributed. And the most important thing for us is why do we keep the headquarter mm. or the, uh, the one office is we believe you need one hub where you can bring the team together from time to time from where you can build strategy and, and, and culture. Yeah? Mm. The challenge that we are having, and this is again coming back, it's a learning process also for us, is what is the best way or the, the best way how to distribute knowledge transfer or, I mean, making it, as I said, for remote employees feeling like they are not any, don't have this disadvantage. I mean, as we know yeah, from, from the days when we were in the office, the water cooler chat is something mm. which you can't do so easily remote. Yeah? So, I mean, the social interaction. Yeah? And this is something where we see what you need to implement within your company in order to make remote work really work. Yeah? So, I mean, communication, transparency. And I think for us, one of the, the key learnings as well here was strategy working on communicating the mission uh, mm. vision so i think this this is something which a few things that we implemented is for instance okrs or so that's yeah. a really detailed ones from the very early beginning on helped but this is one of the challenges that we see from a business perspective talent acquisition because talent wants to work have remote work options yeah and this is something where we see a lot of companies still struggling with or haven't really identified this this issue but on the other side, it's also for, for, for employees. It can be the other way around, yeah, feeling isolated. Mm -hmm. And I think some people 
love to work from home. Some people hate it. Yeah. You can't, you can't really say, hey, you need to do it like this. So, but I think there, there, there needs to be, needs to be options in, in, in many ways. So if you have a remote policy or you have remote employees, giving them an option to work from a kind of a, a WeWork or any kind of other kind of office or, or, or a replacement. So this is what we will see there. It's really interesting. It's something we, you know, we've been talking about. So Currency Cloud are a remote first company. And I think the, the couple of things that I've noted is it's something exactly you said there. You can't just have a one size fits all approach because, you know, some people have large families and can't work from home equally. Some people might be 22 years old sharing a, you know, sharing a flat and they have to sit in their bedroom for 12 hours a day and then turn around to their bedroom again. And I think the things that I've observed that, that you really sort of highlighted there for me, particularly are the two main things are communication. How do you effectively communicate across a business when you are not having those serendipitous kind of water cooler moments? But also, I think something that I've really observed is trust. And I've seen some really bad examples of it where, you know, companies are literally installing almost sort of spyware on laptops where if you turn away for a moment, you know, and, and that is where people almost start to feel trapped in their own homes right through to the, you know, and I think if I will give a shout out to Currency Cloud here, you work from home, we trust you to get your job done, but we're going to hold you accountable against your OKRs, against your targets, et cetera. Like, you know, I've got a small child, so I work quite weird hours sometimes. <laughs> and I think that really is reflective in, in what you've said. And have you seen anything that is, and, and maybe this is really challenging because we've just sort of said that the one size fits all approach is not a way to go. But again, maybe with your sort of future facing hat on, that you think is almost the perfect balance of sort of trust, communication, culture, again, was a word that you used there. And is it something that Lano, have you found perfection at Lano yet? Or are you kind of still <laughs> still working towards that? <laughs> we were working towards that, yeah. But I think one, one, one additional element that I would yeah, include here, I mean, it's similar with, 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 with your child, yeah? Ch children, your company, they love routines and rituals. Mm. Yeah, I think this is maybe another element that, that I would say we, where we are still also improving. Yeah, so kind of bringing these routines. Yeah, let's say let it be a monthly or quarterly company update where kind of you give stage to specific people within the organization also to present or share some successes, etc. So I think kind of having this routine events. Yeah, from from top level to, 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 to really, let's say, one-on-ones. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I think this is, this is something which is crucial. And for us, it's, I mean, bringing the team together yeah, from time to time. So we, for instance, try to get, I mean, if the pandemic allows, to get the whole team together at least twice per year. doesn't necessarily yeah. need to be in Berlin, but somewhere. Yeah? So get, bringing the team together, bringing the leadership team together even once per quarter. And every other, let's say, team member, employee should come or could come to the office at least three times per year. So this is, I think, kind of these routines and rituals in terms of meetings or, or procedures that you implement that I think are crucial. And this, again, yeah, it doesn't matter at what, what size of, of business you are or what business type you are, but I think really including these regular events is very helpful. And we're still in it as well, right? We're still learning as we go. The pandemic is still happening. So yeah. I think it's really interesting to see how people evolve. So I think we're, we're almost running out of time. So what I'd love to just hear a little bit more about is 
what's coming up for Lano? What's new? What's in the pipeline? What's it, what's exciting you and making you jump out of bed in the morning and going, I can't wait to work on this and see, yeah. see yeah. what happens. Sure. No, I mean, for us, what is exciting is like I, when I was starting in the beginning speaking, the, the whole space that we are operating in is going through huge transformation. Yeah? And um, we are swimming in the blue ocean and there are so many directions we could go to. I mean, it's important to focus, but I think one particularly thing or maybe two particular things that really excite me are, number one, the huge potential that we see with the payroll product, especially mm -hmm. uh, not just remote work, but really bringing your whole global team under one umbrella. Uh, mm -hmm. This being with a huge appetite that we see from more the traditional companies or the upper market that we are targeting more and more. So really going into these grown-ups, established, fast scale-ups, businesses. I think this is something which is really exciting for us. And maybe I'm adding a third one, which is coming up now, is I mean, working on our fintech products, now, mm -hmm. adding additional fintech products. I mean, here, a lot of synergies between Currency Cloud and Lano as well. But I think, as I said, yeah, so adding additional services on top of what we have with our platform already is something which we are really excited to, 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 to work on within the next year and beyond. Amazing. Well, we cannot wait to work with you on those products. We'll obviously keep them quiet for now, but you know, I can't wait to see how, how you guys grow over the next 18 months and, and towards out that 2030 view as well. But for now, Aurel, thank you so much for being on the Payments Innovation Podcast. And we look forward to seeing what you, what you guys come up with soon. So thank you thank very you. much. Thank you for having me and speak soon. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.